Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. One of the things we're trying to do in this podcast is lift up our eyes to see vertically and not just be trapped looking down, looking sideways, horizontally at life and just trying to manage and maneuver in our lives rather than looking up and seeing all of our lives in the context of this bigger story and the context of God and his promises to us in Christ and his presence in our lives. A couple of weeks ago, we changed the logo to this podcast, and it's you know one of these things where logos are limited, but they also have a lot of symbolic meaning. And one of the things we did is wanted this logo to be something that communicates the idea of the podcast, heaven coming back to earth, represented by this colorful, radiant, beautiful mountain. In the Bible, the mountain of God is often a metaphor for heaven and the presence of God, and that's what we wanted to have be in this logo. If you look at it invertedly, you also see yourself in a valley, in a dark valley, and looking up, you see this transcendent beauty if you look up. And then it's upside down, this mountain, because actually we're the ones that are upside down, and heaven is right side up, coming back to earth, the promise of the bigger story of Christ bringing heaven back to earth, and restoring, resurrecting all creation, restoring, resurrecting those who are his in a resurrection like his. Everyone is trapped looking merely horizontal, but when we look up to God, when we look vertical, God's glory and God's love and beauty and transcendence begins to come into our lives and bring his color, his beauty, his glory, his love, his presence more and more into our life and our view of reality. And then that becomes contagious. We begin to bring that transcendence of God's love and his beauty into the lives of others as we live out this bigger story and we live out the promises of the gospel. And it's impossible to read through the Psalms. Now, that's not only what we're doing in this podcast. We've looked at other passages and we will look at other passages that give us imaginative language to bring this bigger life into our lives and all the different ways that it applies to our anxiety, our fears, our work, our relationships, our our decisions that we make, and the perspective that we have in times of suffering. This is all what it's about, and this is how we live the Christian life in this world, but we live it by looking vertically and not just horizontally. But when we're going through the Psalms right now, and the part of the Psalms that we're in, in the, in the, in the middle of the 60s and, and all that of the Psalms, the numbers, it it's just keeps repeating this bigger story. And so it, it might seem to you like I'm just sort of beating a dead horse, but really all I'm doing is emphasizing the re-emphasis that we read in the Psalms. And so not to be too cheeky, but I'm not beating a dead horse. I'm trying to bury a dead horse that we keep writing, this dead end story that we keep writing because all the voices in our culture that are coming at us through entertainment, through all the ways that we're taking in this massive amount of information and entertainment 
and all the things that divert us and bring us, in some sense, hijack us out of the real story. And they put us on this dead-end horse that we're riding in a dead-end story. And the Psalms keep calling us out of that and to call us to lift up our eyes. And lifting up our eyes changes our perspective, and it changes how we see our day. It changes how we see our relationships. It changes how we see our work. It changes how we react. Instead of reacting, we're responding with this hope of the gospel and responding to the things that come at us and people talking bad about us or gossiping about us or or doing things to sort of undermine us at work or sabotage us in some way. These things happen. This is what life is. And we have to traverse these things, not reacting like everybody else does, but responding with the promise of the gospel and responding with this perspective that we have because we are seeing vertical and not just horizontally, this bigger perspective, this bigger life story. And so in many ways, when we come to the Psalms, especially the Psalms that are written by David, now if you study the life of David in the Bible, he's not a perfect figure by any means. He is a, like all of us, a conflicted person. And so the Bible doesn't present David as an example to follow. What the Bible does is present David as this, if you squint, this type of Christ, this this foreshadowing of Christ. And so Jesus is called the son of David. David is given this promise that through his descendant is going to be on the throne, that's going to be this Messiah figure. And so in many ways, the the literal story of David in his conquest and his taking of Jerusalem and ascending to the kingship in Jerusalem, that literal history is a figurative picture of the bigger story that's going to be ultimately fulfilled in Christ. And I think we need a constant reminder of this in poetic, imaginative language. At least it helps me. I don't know about you, but the more I use my imagination, and we don't do that often because, as I said in a few episodes ago, we're, we more take in other people's imagination just by watching film and watching movies and stories and TV shows. We're not really using our imagination much anymore. We're just watching somebody else's imagination done for us. But the Bible calls us to use our imagination, especially the Psalms and poetic language. It it gives us these word pictures, these words that are filled with color and story and imagination to help us to see what is unseen, to see the reality that is unseen. And that's what we see in Psalm 68. We're going to look at Psalm 68. This is a Psalm of David, and it gives us this bigger story, imagination of what's happened in Israel's history through the Exodus, what's happening in Israel's history through the conquests of David. But it's it's obviously giving us ultimately something that's pointing us to Christ. And the reason I say that is because there's this verse in here, verse 18, it says, you ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men. And in the Psalm, it's talking about God, it's talking about this king. But Paul in Ephesians 4.8 in the New Testament saw this as regarding Jesus. And so you can see that he saw Jesus as God. And so it's an interesting thing that even the Apostle Paul, as he read these Psalms, 
saw them ultimately about Jesus. And that's what Jesus says in Luke 24, 44, that they were ultimately the Psalms and all the Old Testament was ultimately about him. The very first phrase in this Psalm says, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered. Now, again, this is very imaginative language. And often these kinds of phrases have double meaning. God shall arise. It doesn't take much Christian imagination to see this is talking poetically, but it's also talking literally about Jesus. God in the person of Jesus shall rise. And when he does rise from the dead, his enemies shall be scattered. That is the ultimate victory of Christ over his enemies. And it's just a matter of time before his kingdom comes back to earth. He has already started the new creation in his resurrected body. When God rises from the dead in the person of Jesus, his enemies shall be scattered. Verse 2, as wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. Now, if we look at all the verses in the Bible that talk about God's judgment of the wicked, we obviously want to be careful, right? Because we have evil inside of us. We don't want to have this us versus them mentality. But the Bible does have, in some sense, a clear distinction between the us and the them. Ultimately, those who are bent on rebellion against Christ, the rebellion against the I am, are going to get what they want. They're going to have a future where they don't have to be with Christ. They're going to perish from the earth. The earth is going to be renewed. The earth is going to be restored by this perfect human king that is God in human form human flesh, Jesus, and those who are bent on rebellion against Jesus are going to perish from the earth. Verse 3, but the righteous, and again, the Psalms will say there is none who are righteous, not even one, but the righteous are those who are righteous in Christ, and they want the righteousness of Christ, and they want Christ to be their king. David certainly wasn't righteous in the moral sense when you look at his story, but he wanted to be righteous and he wanted God to be his king. And when you read these Psalms, he is somebody clearly who had a depth of relationship with God. But the righteous shall be glad. They shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. That word shall tells us that this is a future reality, but it's also a kind of command. This is what we do. The righteous shall be glad. This will happen, and so we can be glad now. The righteous shall exalt before God. This is going to happen when Christ comes back, but we can exalt before God now. The righteous shall be jubilant with joy. Think about these words, glad, exalt, jubilant, with joy. A lot of times we think that to live a spiritual life, to live a faithful righteous life has this idea of sobriety. Well, it is sobriety, but it is also, in the sense, clearly in the Bible, a picture of gladness and exaltation and joy. That Jesus said, I came that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. The whole purpose of this bigger story, the whole purpose of God becoming the perfect human king in Jesus is to restore joy to his earth, to restore joy to his people created in his image because God is a God of joy and his very nature is joy. So verse four, sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. 
His name is Yahweh. In the English, it's all capital L-O-R-D. That's how they translate that Hebrew name for God, Yahweh. It means the, means he is. It goes back to Exodus chapter 3 where God said, I am, my name is I am. Tell them I am sent you. He is the I am. His name is the I am. Exalt before him. One of the things the Psalms constantly call us to do is to remember God as Yahweh, the I am, the he is. Because when we praise God and remember him as the I am, that he is the source of all that exists, all existence comes from him. He's the author of life. He's the giver of all life. He is life itself. He is the I am. He is life. He is existence. And he is always infinitely in the present tense. He is always the I am who is always present with his people. When we think of God's name and praise God's name, we're remembering the most essential aspect of who he is, his name, the I am. He is life. He is present. He is the source of all existence. Everything is created by him and everything is created for him. I've been created and given life from the I am and I have life because he wants me to live in his universe. I exist for him. I exist by him. When I remember the name of God, it puts everything else in perspective. It puts me and my life in perspective. It puts my fears in perspective, my anxieties. Verse 19, blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Now, when the Bible says salvation, I just want to repeat this because I don't want us to forget and get caught up in this sort of Christianese way of thinking of salvation as dying and going to heaven. That is not the picture the Bible has in mind when it uses the word salvation. Salvation means healing, restoration, deliverance. God is our restoration to what we were originally created to be. He is our healing. He is our deliverance from our enemies of sin and the spiritual enemies that are trying to hijack us out of the true story into a dead-end story. But God is our healing. God is our restoration. God is our deliverance. He is our righteousness. So verse 19 again, blessed, praise is another way to say that. Praise be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Right now, God is our salvation. Verse 20, our God is a God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belong deliverances from death. You could hardly sum up the gospel better than that, that God is our salvation, and to God belong deliverances from death, the death of this dead-end story if it were not for Christ who came to break through the other side of death and take our sins upon himself and rise from the dead so that we could have resurrection and salvation and restoration. The Bible keeps repeating this because we need to keep reminding ourselves of this. It never gets old. We never move beyond it. It's not something we have learned and now we go on to other things. We have to keep coming back. Praise be to the Lord 
who daily bears us up because he is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God, the Lord belong deliverances from death. This dead end story, he has broken through the other side and we have eternal salvation only in God. Verse 24, it's interesting. It's one of these verses in the Psalms. You're not sure who it's talking about, but it says, your procession, the procession is a, a king who is taking his throne, being enthroned. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my king, into the sanctuary. Now, again, this is talking about the Christ, the Messiah, this human king that is my God and his procession into the sanctuary. It's a literal sanctuary that David is talking about here in Jerusalem, but it is a figurative picture of Christ entering this bringing heaven back to earth and the entire earth becomes this restored earth that is brought back to this Eden of Genesis chapter two that was the very sanctuary of God on earth that humans were supposed to spread throughout the earth and that's going to be done through the perfect human God King Jesus who makes the entire earth his sanctuary. That's the foreshadowing promise we're reading here in Psalm 68 verse 24. It's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4 when he quotes again, verse 18, you ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men. So verse 26, bless God in the great congregation, the Lord, Yahweh, O you who are of Israel's fountain. That verse is packed with imagination that we are part of this Congregation. That's the, the word that means God's assembly, the assembly of his people, this new humanity recreated in the salvation of God, recreated in this human God king, Yahweh. And it says, bless God, O you who are of Israel's fountain. Remember, Israel was Jacob. His name was changed to Israel. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. The New Testament makes it clear that we are Israel. If we have faith in the ultimate seed of Abraham, the ultimate seed of Jacob, the ultimate seed of Israel, we are Israel in Christ. And Israel's fountain is God himself. Remember Psalm 36, 8 speaks of the descendants of Jacob. They feast on the abundance of of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights, for with you is the fountain of life. God is always portrayed all throughout the Bible as this fountain of life, this river of delight. The last chapters of the Bible talk about this river that proceeds from the very throne of God. God is our fountain of living waters. Jesus said he is the living water from whom we, if we drink, we will never thirst again. Here's this picture of Yahweh, this fountain and this great congregation, this new humanity is drinking from this fountain of God. Highly imaginative language. But what do you think of when you think of God as this fountain of living water, this river of delight? So verse 32, O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens. Ascribe power to God. 
and whose power is in this guise. Awesome is God from his sanctuary. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. This is clearly a picture of this kingdom of God on earth, where the kingdoms of the earth are singing praise to God, singing praises to the Lord, and ascribing power and glory to God, whose power is in the skies. The last verse, awesome is God from his sanctuary. Again, talking literally here, but as figuratively in our imagination, God who is now ruling visibly over this new restored earth, awesome is God from his sanctuary, and he is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Praise be God. There is power in praise. There is power in the worship of Yahweh, because when we stand in awe, when we see awesome is God from his sanctuary, when we stand in awe and worship him and praise him and bless, which means to speak well of him, to speak praises of him with our mouth, that there's a power in that. Something happens in that. When we lift up our eyes, as well as like the logo of this podcast, when we lift up our eyes and we see God in greater and greater ways, awesome from his sanctuary, and we see God in power and glory. There's something that happens in us. There is a power and strength that comes into his people. So why does this psalm matter? Why are we doing this? Well, again, it's written a thousand years before Christ, which is amazing to think that this whole Bible written over a period of 1,500 years is ultimately still one story centered on Jesus. And Jesus happened, this foreshadowing of the one who would come to be God, to be the human king, it happened in Christ. And he died and he broke through death and he rose from the dead. God has risen and his enemies have been scattered. And so it's happening. The new creation is already in play. This salvation upon the earth, this God making the earth his sanctuary, God being the salvation of his people. It is happening. It is the story. And I don't want to get myself off of that story, let myself get hijacked into a dead end story. Because in that dead end story, as verse two, as wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. I don't want to be part of the wicked who don't have the righteousness of Christ, who don't want the righteousness of Christ, who want to continue in my rebellion against God. I don't want to be wiped off the face of the earth, perishing from the earth, melting like wax, being nothing. I want to be in this story the story of God being my fountain of living water, the story of God being king in his sanctuary of the earth and his people singing praises and standing in awe and being blessed by his presence. I want to bring God's power and strength into my life when I praise him and worship him get my eyes off myself, get my eyes off of the horizontal and lift my eyes vertically and bring his glory and his beauty and his transcendence into my life because he is my fountain of living waters right now. I can drink from him right now in my soul. I can drink from him right now by praising him and being in awe of him and worshiping him with my imagination like this psalm 
helps me do. God is letting us know that this is what's happening. This is the bigger story that our lives are in one way or the other. This is the bigger story that everyone's life is in one way or the other. And if we miss that, it won't be for lack of God telling us over and over and over. We've heard from God in this psalm, and let's talk back to God now in prayer. Let's take a few moments and take the phrases of this psalm that the Holy Spirit has written through David, and let's pray them back to God to bring his power and his strength into our life. Oh, Yahweh, the I am. You are forever enthroned. You are the source of all that exists. You are the creator of everything in this universe. And you are the author of all life. And you are the giver of life. You are life itself. I want to be among the righteous who live according to the reality of living inside your universe. You are righteous and I want your righteousness in my life. The righteous shall be glad, and I want to be glad in you and glad in your presence. They shall exalt before God, and I want to exalt before you. Part of the joy of God is the praising of God, exalting before God. And so I want to exalt before you now in my heart, in my eyes of faith, the eyes of my heart. I lift up my hands and I exalt before you and I am glad before you and I shall be jubilant with joy because I am in this bigger story of salvation. And so I sing praises to you now in my heart. I give praises to you. I praise your name. You are the I am. You are he is. You are everything my soul longs for. You are everything I was created for. Only you satisfy me. Only you are the fountain of living waters. So I praise your name, Yahweh, the I am. I exalt before you right now. I just lift up my eyes, the eyes of my heart, and I look up. You are the God who has risen in Jesus and so I praise you, Yahweh, because you daily lift me up. You daily bear me up by your Holy Spirit who is in me. You are my salvation. You are my restoration. You are my righteousness. You are my deliverance. You are my forgiveness of sin. You are my deliverance from death. You are my God, forever committed to me as my God, the God that created this universe. You have committed yourself to me as the God of my salvation. I can't even begin to fathom all that that means, that you are the God of my salvation. And one day this entire earth will be your sanctuary. And I want to be among your congregation in that sanctuary, being restored to glory, being restored to righteousness, being restored to this joy, this jubilant joy that comes from the awe of God, because you are the fountain of living waters. Awesome is your name. Awesome are you, God, enthroned forever over your universe and you are awesome as the God of my salvation because you give power and strength to me. Help me to praise you. Help me to bless your name because I want to live in this bigger story of salvation, restoration, renewal, resurrection because God has risen. And so I lift up my eyes to you today 
I look at my day with my eyes lifted up to you. God has risen, and you have given strength and power to your people. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.